Welcome. You are listening to Beneath the Surface Podcast with your host, Carter Russell. Jay Malik is a spiritual teacher, a coach, and an author to four books. Malik has spent over 20 years studying different religions, cultures, and belief systems. His teachings and insights extend beyond spirituality to encompass relationships, business, and other aspects of life. As you might have guessed, this podcast starts with Malik sharing his journey and how a life-changing workplace accident shifted his path towards spiritual awareness. Expect to hear Jay Malik talk on a range of topics from his definition of God and energy, understanding masculine and feminine energies, the impact of instant gratification, damaging effects of porn consumption, double-edged sword of sexual liberation, importance of creating healthy families, the role of purpose and discipline in relationships, and much more. As always, Carter finishes this podcast with a rapid-fire round. Without further ado, let's begin. Jay Malik, what a pleasure to have you on here today. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having me, man. I'm looking forward to a, a good conversation. Me too, me too. So I want to know a little bit more about Jay Malik. I did a bit of a research about you. You're an author to four books. You're a um, masculine, femininity, spiritual coach. But when I Googled you, I struggled to find information about you. So who is Jay Malik? So it's Jay Malik. Um, I would say, in a summary, spiritual teacher is the basis for everything I kind of create, whether it's business related, finance, relationships, but um, really someone who has been on their own spiritual journey and discovered different things from different religions, cultures, faith systems, and kind of synchronized that into a simple, practical, spiritual uh, life. And so that's, I try to bring that to everything, again, from relationships to business, all over the board. So that's just kind of what my background is. My, my story is a, is a little bit different. Um, that kind of started as a, as a kid. You know, at age 10, I had my first like encounter with God. And um, it was the night before September 11th, actually. So it was a very monumental situation, like having the experience that night. And then the next morning, I remember being in class and there, there was TVs and everything was on, you know, New York. And so that experience was, was kind of shaped me as a, at 10. And so the next 20 plus years I've been studying and kind of always having the feeling that deep down there is a spiritual undertone to every problem on earth and kind of uncovering that through metaphysics, religion, again, cultures, faith from all around the world. And Try to stay centered in, in that spiritual aspect of life and help others with it as well. Beautiful. Awesome. And so it sounds like this event before September 11 was uh, a bit of a, a pivotal point for you. That happened at a younger age. Um, is there anything else that happened when you were younger that, or along the way that really shaped you? To, to the work that you're doing today, or has it just been a, a path that you've followed ever since a young child? I mean, my family is very spiritual. So, I mean, I have ministers, pastors, clergy people, evangelists, prophetess, like a very, very wide range of um, religion and, and spirituality in my family. So having that backdrop definitely kind of already put me in a certain place. And then um, having my experiences at a young age, and then just being a student and flushing through everything kind of just gradually pulled me closer and closer to the path I'm on now. Awesome. I'm noticing a common theme with some of my guests. They often have a pivotal part of darkness in their life or a tough time that eventually shoots them out into 
their purpose or a gift that they have or, or, or something that they bring to this, this world. Was there a pivotal moment for you that where maybe you went through some pain, some suffering, some darkness? And would you mind sharing? Yeah. I mean, I mean, as a kid, even maybe like preteens into teenage and then like early adulthood, um, always was kind of like hot and cold as far as like emotions go or ups and downs and never really understood why um, that was a cycle. Um, in my younger days, like involved in the, excuse me, the music industry um, and was like very, very much like all in on music. And so it was 2016. I was preparing for was it South by Southwest or A3C? I think it was South by South. It was in Austin. So South by Southwest. Um, preparing for a show there. It was my going to be my biggest show. Um, everything was kind of rolling. And I got into an accident at work. I used to work in a factory um, and like sliced. You can see kind of like the scar here. It's like sliced this half of my face, basically. Um, fractured the right half of my face. Orbital bone broken like busted up some teeth and just like sat me down right before the biggest event of my, my career. Um, and I was just like, why is this happening? Why right now? This is, this is crazy. Um, and I was still making like, you know, conscious based music. Uh, my actual project leading up to that was called almost Sunday. And it was about like a spiritual journey uh, with life itself. And it was just like, very frustrating to go through the experience. Um, obviously, surgery. Um, I was on bed rest for like six months. I fractured all of this. And it was just a, a bad time. Was, it was a big upcoming and then like a big letdown. And that kind of took me on a different path. Um, using everything I've learned to build up my personal brand and all those things in, in the music world and transform it over into a more practical application. Um, so I began doing coaching for businesses, marketing coaching, and then that kind of spurred over like from business to more interpersonal relationships, um, mental, emotional things as well that need like more spiritual attention. And I kind of just like told people things I knew about spirituality and people were kind of shocked and kind of just like everything kind of rolled into it. So that, that darkness from that moment led me to a different path and that path led me to different discoveries um, one of them like you're familiar with human design by learning i was a reflector and it like studying what the reflector is and it made my whole entire life of ups and downs kind of make sense because i was someone who would always you know kind of feel the wonder of the world and then be let down it's like wonder and then let down wonder and then let down this is because i was living my life with a different way versus how i live my life now is it's completely different and so there's more flow and alignment, but all of that came from, you know, those initial pains, I guess, like the music was based on what I was going through. And then the shift in focus from music to more personal development industry shifted my direction. And then that's led me to everything that is happening now and that's to come. So. Mm, powerful. I had a similar experience when I, I, I uh, broke, shattered my ankle and broke two vertebrae in my back. And it seemed like I was maybe steamrolling down one path. And then that incident really shifted my focus. And it's why I do the work that I do today and why I'm where I am today. So it's interesting that the way some of these accidents or these dark times can actually be blessings. Do you have any advice for someone who may be going through something that's really tough and struggling to see the blessing while they're in it currently? If, if you can just hold on to the idea that this is for something, because when I was going in the middle of all that, like body dysmorphia, like face disfigured, massive swelling um, in the middle of it, I, I knew there was something. I just didn't know what and it didn't take away the pain, but I just held on to the idea that this is all for something. I never let the idea go, even in the darkest darkest moments of that, like yeah, painkillers, addiction, all those kind of things were, were factoring in. I never let go. It was like a small sliver of hope or faith that you need. Um, 
the Bible says the faith of a mustard seed, the size of a mustard seed. So like that, that keeps you going. If you can just hold on to, there's something in the future that's, that's going to come from this, going to be beneficial. And I'm going to learn what that is if I keep, keep at it day by day, just keep moving forward a little by little. Awesome. I love that advice. I, I think I can relate to that in the time. I had no idea what this was going to teach me, but I just had to hold on to the idea that there was something good com- going to come out of this. Otherwise, it just gets a bit depressing. So, yeah. All right. Before I move into the questions from today or for today, I want to clarify a few things because I know that these words will come up a few times throughout the podcast. This podcast isn't necessarily a spiritual podcast. So there may be people coming in who aren't very uh, well-versed in the spiritual world or maybe they aren't big believers in it. So from more of an easy-to-understand version, can can you tell me what you mean when you use the word God, energy, and masculine and feminine energies? Got you. So God, energy, and then masculine and feminine, like the difference between those two things. Got you. So when I, say, when I say God, I'm referencing some supreme power beyond us, um, some creator, some divine intelligence, some universal mind that is beyond our understanding of things. Because some something has to have some kind of reasoning and um, practical movements around like the entire physical and non-physical universe. So I'm referencing God, I'm referencing just this higher power. Um, when I talk about energy, we talk about energy as the backdrop for everything. Everything is energetic. Um, if you play music, right? A music note is a frequency of, of sound, right? That frequency can be matched up also to something in the light spectrum. All light is frequency. There are wavelengths of color and light. And so then you have other things where food, the, the, the taste of food is a, is a frequency. There's food science. All these different things are, are frequency. Everything we can sense has frequencies and energies. There are physical energies. There's non-physical energy. So talk about energy, talk about the real backdrop of how do we get to understand life itself like everything has a beginning so to understand energy you have to look at the two aspects of it which is the masculine and the feminine and the masculine being talk about enlightenment masculine is about light it's about um knowledge logic reasoning practicality structure soundness things that are grounding Um, a lot of principles that we we will pinpoint on a man that we would say this this is a very you know, manly man or whatever the case may be, like he's resolved, he's stoic, whatever the case may be, whatever attitude people can throw out there. But there are principles that are energetic that relate to those things. The same way we can look at the human body, right? There's so, something in the human body that is mathematically engineered to create things in a certain way. We have two lungs, we have a heart, they're, they have to be in this position, they're, they're, everything is moving in the right order. If anything is out of the order, we become sick or ill right so everything is based on the logic and the laws of governance so you have governance of the body you have governance of uh, relationships you have governance in business politics international affairs um the sun the moon and the stars are all in some kind of governance they're they're operating a certain way according to certain laws and physics and things that didn't need we didn't need to give them name for them to exist right gravity existed before we, we gave it the name gravity so all these things are laws they're they're masculine structure that these are the universe follows these laws from people nature everything then you have the feminine energy which is the inverse energy which is more non-physical it's um non-structure it's about flow it's about process it's about timing it's about um visualizing creativity imagination the unseen the unknown so the the masculine is is what has been revealed it's what we see in front of us this microphone has manifested from an idea in however many years ago 
into now to where we can have a laptop, a computer, a connection. Zoom is a, is a thing that has manifested, it's become known, right? And everything that hasn't happened or that will may happen as far as a creative idea or vision comes from that feminine place. The same way a child, which is unknown, comes from the woman and out into the world, they come into this masculine form that we all have as this physical bodies, right? So using all those things from God, energy, masculine and feminine, all those things are a kind of like a signpost to understand God in a deeper way. Because the only way to understand God, the best way that we can, in my opinion, is to understand how the world works. If you don't understand the creation, it's hard to understand the creator, right? So if you can look at the creation and study it, why is it like this? What, what things are here? What are the rules that have been outlined for thousands of years? What principles have stood the test of time over religion, over region, over culture? What things stick? And you look at history, you look at religion, you look at science, all these different practices that we have of understanding the world, psychology, sociology, whatever study you want to have, biology, everything, physics. There, there are common threads of connection. The more we study, the more we see things are connected, not less connected, as we once thought things were, you know, many, many years ago. So we see more connection and we're starting to, we slowly get in there as far as like a mainstream appeal. Like we're getting into mental health being more prominent at some point. Spiritual health will be more prominent in the mainstream. We'll start understanding these things even deeper. But I talk about God, energy, and masculine feminine because if we understand those things, we can look at the world around us and see what's not in balance. And most of our problems come from the spiritual root of there's an imbalance in energy. There's a either a neutralizing of energy or there's a suppression or repression of an energy to where how we're behaving or how we're acting or how we're responding is coming from a place of misalignment. So then that creates a ripple effect of misalignment. And so then the world's responding to misalignment and it becomes this big cycle of, you know, people call the word, the trauma word is what we say, but that's, I mean, that's a good word, right? If your bone is sticking out of your, your, your leg, your body's going to feel trauma because like, hey, this isn't supposed to be here. So trauma is just like an alert symbol like, hey, something's wrong here. And spiritually on, on the planet, there's a lot of trauma that goes back from families, from community, history. It's like a lot of unhealed things, but most because I think we don't understand them. And the way to understand them isn't always scientific because science is limited to our understanding and our reasoning ability. And some things have to just have a more of a resonance because we're all energetic beings. We all do things to feel more in alignment, whether it is in alignment or not. We do things where someone's addicted to porn or drugs, they're doing it to feel good because align, being in alignment feels good. So if I'm not in alignment, I'm going to look for advice to make me feel good. And so that's just proof that we're all energetic because everything we do that's bad as humans is to feel good no matter how bad it is. So we're all on this energy kick and we're trying to find the things that fill us up. And spiritually, it's about finding yourself and realigning that and you start getting closer and closer and things you attract to you all start falling in that, you know, that pool. So that's a long-winded answer of connecting, you know, God and energy. But that is like the backdrop of the things that I teach. Amazing. Well said. Thank you for clearing all that up for, for us. One of the things I have often struggled with around the idea of masculinity and femininity, at least to, to understand, is we both, we need to have both integrated feminine and masculine energies, right? In, in your, I think, this, I think this part is really misunderstood by the world today when they say, you know, you've got to be a masculine man, you've got to be a feminine woman. Um, I liked one of the quotes you said in your book, actually, you said, masculine energy is crying. Feminine energy is the feeling of sadness. So we both have masculine and feminine in us, or we both need to have integrated masculine and fem feminine energies within us. So if someone was to be a more masculine man or a more feminine woman, would that mean that they need to possess more energy of the femininity or more traits of the femininity? 
Or how can a man be more masculine and a, fem and a woman be more feminine if we need to integrate both? Got you, got you. That's a good question because it is something that gets misconstrued often. It's like, is it less feminine or is it more masculine? What is it? And it really comes down to um, synergy and how can two energies work together? So um, in the book, Intraheart Vortex, it talks about how the masculine is, the, the purpose of the masculine is to create for the feminine. The purpose of the feminine is to inspire the masculine to create, to give it inspiration, to give it some kind of imagination, creativity, some kind of a feeling, something that can be invoked inward and then externalized outward. And so when that's uh, happening, or if it's not happening, if there's a need to externalize, let's say for a man's example, he's doing all these things, he's, he, he's working, but it's not, it's not inspired action. It's just, maybe it's motivated action, maybe it's um, obliga obligatory action to I have to do this, or I'm, I have to go through schooling because my parents say I have to do this, but it's not coming from a place of, what am I here for? Mm. What's my purpose in life? You know, I don't know about anyone else, but I didn't ask myself that question as far as purpose goes, right? Until I was maybe in my 20s because I never heard, it, it was like you hear it, but it's not something that's very, very mainstream. It's more like, what are you going to be when you grow up? What is going to be your job when you grow up? Not what, what is your purpose? Not why do you think you're here on this earth during this time period? So because there's not a lot of self-reflected questions presented to young boys and I, young girls as well, but speaking to me in this example, there's no skill set to cultivate inward ideas or thoughts or emotions. I mean, you have like people who are very creative or, or artsy or, you know, like their, their, their whole world revolves around introspection, right? But the average person is not an artist. The average person is not a creator. So they don't have the skill set to necessarily reflect and find that inner purpose. And there's no spiritual connection they have in their lives. It's going to be even more difficult. So to become more masculine, I mean, first is to, one, try to look for that answer. Not necessarily look for it, but reflect on it. Like, you, you won't get the answer on day one, but it's about making reflection a habit, making reflection a skill to where before you act, you reflect. Before you act, you think. And a lot of men in the modern world, because of how we're programmed, how we're brought up, we're not taught to think before we act. We're taught to get things done or either not get things done and I'm going to be lazy because I want to deal with failure, whatever the case may be, or I'm going to do things just to get things done and never reflect on my why behind what I'm doing. So for men, it's, it's developing the principles and the habits. Again, it's, you know, about structure, organization, um, all the, anything you can, you can come up with, like the alliance with discipline and routine regimen, the masculine hormone cycle is 24 hours. I mean, every single day you post a beat to the same drum, boom, 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 boom. Where the female hormone cycle is 28 days. So it's a, about process. Each week is brings a new thing to the table. And so when men are kind of going with the flow, there's no real idea about things. They're just kind of, we can say that person's being more feminine, but it's not really they're being more feminine in, in that sense. They're really just not invoking the masculine traits of structure, organization, intention, planning, et cetera. Like, and that isn't 100% of the things you have to do because you still have to have that self-reflection. You still have to have that um, spiritual connection. You have to find purpose. So there's some inward work to do to make sure that your day-to-day -day action is correct. For a woman's case, on the feminine side, it's, it's really the same thing, but they're inverse. Like we have the same problems. No one has a more masculine or more feminine problem. People have an integration synergy problem. We mean they're leaning on one to spite the other one. So a woman who will say in the neutralized energy or a more masculine presenting energy, even if it's not appearance, just emotional or mental, is typically someone who cannot let go of control. They don't have faith. And a woman without faith is a very 
you know, I won't say dangerous, but like scary. Like it's a, it's a, it's a very vulnerable place to be in that's not necessary because that means she doesn't really have belief. She has to go create everything. She's not tapped into creation because she's thinking about like doing things. Everything's a transaction. If I do this, I'll get this. If I do this, I'll get this. Where true feminine abundance and receptivity is about receiving beyond reason. Because again, there's no logic or reasoning with the feminine. It's just it's, everything is everything. It's potential energy of, of all things that exist and that could exist in the future. So there is no logic to what you receive. And so when a woman's not tapped into that like abundant nature of receiving, she's going to be in a more scarce mindset, not only about the world, but in reflection about herself. And that leads to connections that may not be the healthiest in that regard. So you have two people, really the same issue. It's, it's like most of the time we have issue. I haven't really seen more so on the men's side, maybe. But even then, people tapping too much into the feminine. I, that's a very rare thing for men and women. Women usually aren't too feminine. Men usually aren't too feminine. The issue is usually we're not tapped into that feminine essence, which is more the spiritual side, the more the intrinsic value, uh, my non-physical self, my e infinite eternal self. Like, what is that self doing in the world? Or am I looking at my 3D masculine self, the form factor that my story is X, Y, and Z. This is who I am. It's like, we're not, we're not our stories. If you woke up in a coma today, you wouldn't know your story. You would still be you. So like all these things that we think make us who we are, they're just illusions. Nothing wrong with illusions. They're just, you have to know what they are. When you go to the movie theater, if you don't know it's a movie, you may think Batman's coming to kill you. It's like, you have to know this 3D world is just an illusion. It's just a game. Mm. But there's a purpose to the game. And you have to separate yourself from the game. Mm. And so usually we all have a too much into the illusion game or ego consciousness is, is out of control game. That's where most people live. If a man is there, he's either doing it because in, the, in a state where he's not producing enough, it's because he's in an illusion that the world's out to get him that he's not good enough, that, you know, um, somebody's holding him back. Um, they're not going to promote him or whatever the case may be. He's in the, in the victim illusion. You also have men who are in the like super status illusion where they work so hard, they get all the things done, but there's no fulfillment in anything they're doing. And they're, you know, on top of the world to everyone else, but internally, they're collapsing because they haven't, they've been building the, the boat with no, with no oil to, to fuel it. Like, mm -hmm. so it's just, they're just building and big and getting tired and more tired and more drained and more drained. Women, same instance on the masculine side, they're over either, I won't say concerned with trauma, but like they're almost like immersed in the trauma so much that they can't, see a different version of their life. They can't see a different version of themselves and, and who they operate with and how they operate with those people. So because they don't have that open feminine energy, they can't even tap into a new potential that's not here yet because everything's about what's here and this is my truth, this is my reality. And it's like, yeah, of course it is because it's a story you're playing out. If you change the story, the reality will change. Like, everyone's like that. We are playing the character that we decide to play at that given moment. And most of the time, the character is driven by the ego. Until you remove that person from choosing the character, you're not you're not really able to flow the direction that your infinite spirit wants you to flow. So mm -hmm. we all really have a, a hyper masculine problem. But I just I would like to say now, like it's just neutralized energy. It's not polarized. The feminine is not very inspired. The masculine is not very inspired. Everyone is just operating from a, a illusion. Have to get it done. Have to do this. You know, almost like treadmill like mentality. How does feminism play a role in this issue? Uh, what impacts is feminism having on the world at the moment? At least mainstream kind of feminism. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting because my take on feminism is that it is an idea. It is, a, it is more of a marketing tool than it is a like, legitimate movement in the modern era. Mm -hmm. And I say that because 
I've I, I polled and, and surveyed a lot of different women from different parts of the world. And I've had clients, different age groups, et cetera, different faith systems, everything. And the common theme is women don't want to work like men. I ha- there's, there, there will be an outlier group of women who say they wanted to work like men. If you describe any woman in her ideal life, it's not going to con- continue, uh, include 35 hours of working, uh, 35 years of working at somewhere for 40 hours a week. You, there's not, I haven't found one who says that's their idea. Versus a man, you say, hey, if you find what you love to do, what you want to do that every single day. Man's going to be like, yeah, that's what I want. I'm looking for purpose. I'm looking for how I can externalize myself. I need that in my life. Like you give a man a, a vacation for too long, he's ready to go back home and go to work. Mm. It's, like, it's like, ah, okay, I need to be productive. There's something, we just have it in us. And so there's a difference between, there's like a spiritual difference between men and women. Even though we both have masculine and feminine energy, there's a spiritual difference. I mean, if there wasn't a spiritual difference, there would need to be men and women. There would just be human and that would be it. But we're in two, two different form factors and we're both here operating to understand a bigger connection. Yes, it's, it seems the world is just trying to merge us both into be this one type of person and not have this polarization between us two. So for men looking to become more masculine, what can they do? Or if, if a man's, sorry, let me ask that again. What can a man do? Why do you think so many men are struggling today? I feel like a lot of men are struggling because they're not very inspired because they don't believe they can actually achieve. I think the ones who believe it achieve it, but that's always been the case. I think the biggest issue with today's man and particularly like the average man, I think has the most struggle with this because most average women don't want average men today. Mm. It's like a, there's a, change of events in like in the complex, which is why feminism is so weird because even with feminism, men, women in today's society want men of a higher status more than before. Before, if you were born in the same class, you're born poor, you marry poor. Born middle class, you marry middle class. Born upper class, you marry upper class. It wasn't a contention like, I should marry a rich man. It's like, no, you're not. You're poor. Why would you do why, why would a rich man marry you? Right? Like that, that was the consensus. Today, if you ask a, a poor woman what kind of man she wants to marry, she'll probably say someone who makes two, four, five, six times more than her. What, where did that come from? That is a conscious thing. So if you're a man making 50, 60 to $70,000 a year, it's, it's a middle of pack income, but it's an income that's very nice. It's decent. You can provide for a family with it. You might need a, a dual income household, but your, your family's not going to go, go starving making 70 grand a year. But the average woman doesn't go, you know what? I want a man making 70 grand. That's no one is like thinking that consciously. So because we have this kind of class imbalance mixed with feminism, there's a lot of, you know, room for men to kind of be in a, you know, a, a wrestling match with society right now. Because like, do I not become a leader? Do I step forward, become a leader? Do I get married? Am I? Is it more about liberation and doing what we want to do? There's, there's so many. There's, there's porn. There's OnlyFans. There's so many different avenues that men can go. If they're not inspired spiritually, they're going to go down one of these rabbit holes, mm. and most likely be the wrong one for them. Mm. So I, that's that's the biggest place that men are struggling. Yeah, we, we've got a world full of instant gratification, uh, and and quick fixes. So why is it important for men to steer clear of some of those instant gratifications such as porn, um, sex, like one night stands? Uh, why is it important for men to live a life of discipline? One of the most important masculine principles that you can have, or one of the most, the strong, the strongest powers of a man is focus. When a man is focused, there's nothing that he can't do. Anything you ever tried to do, you couldn't do. You can. You probably admit that I wasn't hundred percent focused. Anything I've done, I probably focused on it a lot. 
So when your focus bleeds out to other things, it may not seem like, you know, you turn on porn for 20 minutes and you think that's just 20 minutes. Like, no, it's not just 20 minutes because your mind is already con- was re- preparing itself to watch porn way before the day started. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, you're draining energy because your focus is on things that are vices. And, it, and a lot of them come from what is like one night stands or it's like trying to prove myself before I prove myself. If I can have this validation, then I don't need to actually build something, which is every man's quest, every man's uphill battle is still. What are you going to build while you're here? Maybe it's not, you know, the greatest business in the world. Maybe it's whatever. Well, it doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it's a nice career. Maybe it's a great family, but you have to figure out what you're here to build. Mm. And the moment a man decides this is where I want to, I want to be, everything's about the path to getting there. And if you choose to, you know, hey, I don't want to really do much. I just want to have a, you know, decent life and a nice family. At that point, the man really can't hold any resentment towards any other men who are doing better or achieving more because there is a decision being made. I think most men today feel like they haven't had a decision. They just feel like they've been placed in a spot because they don't know they can choose to focus on something long enough to get there versus porn, uh, OnlyFans, one night stands, Tinder, dating apps, all these distractions that are just about sex and gratification and fulfillment and trying to feel good before you deserve feeling good. Yes. What is that partly why porn is so damaging? Because we're rewarding men prematurely? Do you have any other thoughts on the damages of porn? Because it seems to be a big issue today. There's like most men are watching porn consistently. I feel like I know there are studies on on porn where it does the brain and like the addictive nature of it. Uh, I'm not versed on those studies, but I do know it's out there. But from a spiritual place, it's not only is it, it damaging to the person consuming, but the, the person who is creating this media content for someone, what, what place are they in spiritually and what kind of thing could they be transferring to you in their performance? And we're not really that mindful as a, as a society as far as where am I getting my energy from? Not my information, my energy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can get the you can get halfway good information with the right energy, and it, it may be better than the right information with the wrong energy. It's it's very it's, it's a very interesting thing, but being mindful of where someone taking me if I have to ref- exchange with this person. Being mindful of your connections is, is the number one thing. So I'm I'm watching porn. I'm I'm funding an industry. I'm keeping this industry alive. Billions of dollars is going to the porn industry. Billions of dollars. And who is it really helping in the long run? What's the net positive of porn? I don't think anyone will say there's a net positive. All anything that happens afterwards is usually damaging. So yeah. it's destructive in nature. I agree. I agree. I think, think consuming porn, you, you're really consuming such a massive industry. It's so destructive and so harmful for the world and does some horrible things if, if you decide to look into that. So this kind of leads me on to another question of why is sexual liberation actually a double-edged sword? Uh, we, we kind of live in this world today where, you know, one night stands are glorified, sexual pleasure is glorified. Um, and I guess to some people, they might feel like that has some merit. But what are, what are your thoughts on that? What, what do you see in that movement? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think when men and women understand our purpose here, we will understand why sex is so important and why exchanging your sexual energy with someone who is not aligned with you and your path and your purpose is self-destructive in nature. So as a man, let's say you wanted to be married one day, and again, family values aren't really that big inside today, but you want to be married one day. Any woman you don't marry is for what? Like what is the what is the purpose of a a partner who you don't see yourself married? Maybe it won't work out with everyone you date or talk to, sure. But 
most times we go into these things knowing this is just expensive benefits, you know, no strings attached, no labels, whatever it is. It's casual, hookup, whatever it is, dating app, but it's not. She can be my wife one day. I can see myself marrying her. And so when you go into it with that arrangement energetically, you're already behind the eight ball because you're not looking to do the things required for that woman to create a, a kingdom. You're, you're just living life. You're living life casually. So you won't be able to invoke your masculine energy properly because you haven't been inspired by the feminine externally because you haven't found it inside yourself. So everything's a reflection, which is why we have the partners we have. It's a reflection of where our energy is. So when that guy's going to meet the woman who's also not connected. So she won't be looking for certain things or she may be looking for them, but she won't be able to invoke them herself because she's not tapped into the divine potential energy that there is. So like all of it, everything that, that comes down to this like dating culture, sex culture, sexual liberation makes sex seem so casual when really the state you're in is um, attracting what you get back. And when you get that back, you're going to now be dealing with that versus focusing on your, your path and getting to where you're supposed to go to get to the person you're really meant to be with. You're wasting time in sexual energy and you know, probability that you will reach your potential of any semblance of it because you're entangled in a sexual relationship that's not going to brute like create anything beneficial or fruitful for your life. So what is the positive of it? Is it is it pleasure? Is that it? Is that's the only way you can find pleasure in your life that speaks to where someone is in their life? So we have to recreate, especially for men, like what does pleasure look like? Can pleasure be following your purpose? Can pleasure be following your path? Can pleasure be being disciplined? Because sex is a temporary hire that can have long-term consequences. And once you're there with the wrong partner, you're just there. There's no, you can't undo that. So we just have a lot of, it's a serious thing that people take very, very lightly. But for men, we have to say this sex with this person is not going to distract me from what I'm here to do. Like I'm not even going to make it an option. Mm. And some people do it, maybe. And I would question the mate. I would really like, question what group people that is. But for the most part, it's like, casual sex leads to self-destruction in other areas of life. Yeah. Wow. I love how you reframed that. We need to bring pleasure in, in another way. So can you feel pleasure when seeking a purpose? Can you feel pleasure when, you know, being disciplined? I think that's a big one because a lot of the men I work with, they just try and remove porn, but then they don't replace what porn was giving them. So then they go back, you know. If porn's giving you connection, then you need to be able to find connection to replace the porn. Um, as you said before, it's a vice. Addictions are a vice. So in your book, you talk about... Uh, a divine union and the importance of it, especially in the world. You, you, you actually kind of closed your book highlighting that this is one of the most important things you want to work on while you're here is, is creating a divine union because of how that ricochets throughout children and generations. So do you want to tell me why this is so important? Yeah, I mean, the purpose of God placing us here in twos, essentially, is for us to understand God. Again, to understand God's creation is to under, understand more the creator. And the most amazing thing God created on this planet was human beings because we have the ability not only to be nature, but we interact and create with nature. We're the only species on the planet that does that. Everyone else, just, they live in their nature and they adapt in their nature, but we can create in our nature the same way God created in his. Mm -hmm. And so your partner is the direct inverse energy 
that you need to see to understand the full picture because again the other human being is the most powerful creation so you can study the world you can master your craft you can do all these other things but if your your home isn't in order you're disconnected you're going to be disconnected there's no way to have that connection be be full if the your other half essentially is not connected to you mm. so if we really want to understand God, we have to understand pairing and, and love and communication, all the things that come with the partnership, not just the partner itself. It's not just having someone that you feel you're close to and you love them and you want to get married and do all these things with. No, it's the actual skills you need to make that partnership functional and prosperous. So divine union comes down to wanting to understand this development process as we get closer and closer to God through someone else, we become this unified force for God. There's nothing you can do that with outside of divine union. You can't do that with your with your business. You can't do that with a job. You can't do that with donations or philanthropy. Like anything you want to go master and say, I've done this well, won't compare. So divine union is is the future of the planet because the household creates the family, the families create the communities. So if you want to have great communities, you better have great families. You want to have great families, but have great partnerships. You want to have great partnerships, but have divine union. And then so then it goes on and on and on. And in logical fashion, you want divine union. You have to be your divine masculine or divine feminine. And to do that, there are things to be done. And then, to, you know, like, so everything has a reverse engineer clause, but it's like, what kind of world do you want to live in? What kind of world do your grandkids, um, do you want them to live in? Mm. Do you think that far? Do you think thousands of years in the future? Do you just think for today? Because the porn is on today. It's on the screen right now. So I don't think a thousand years down the line, because, but someone has to. Yes. And as men, it's our job to look further down the, the you know, the gun than right here, right now. So can you tell me what a partnership or a union looks like where partners have unbalanced polarity and then talk about what someone might expect if they were to heal the polarity in their relationship. So someone to be the masculine pole and someone to be the feminine pole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you don't have polarity, more often than not, it's, there is a power dynamic that doesn't exist. Either the man is not leading effectively or he's not leading at all. That's going to be the signpost of a imbalanced dynamic. So someone can see someone is like, oh, we're just living together. We're doing this. We're just doing going life. And there's no direction. There's no intention. There's no forward progress towards a aim or a goal. There's just with the flow. You have a masculine leader who's off place. Oftentimes they will bring up in the woman, the search for security because she doesn't feel that with the person. So she has to search for security and she starts thinking about those things more often than not. She's thinking about marriage. She's thinking about, you know, the kids, the house, whatever the case may be, whatever the thing is that needs to be addressed. She's thinking about it more than he is. She's stressed out. You got to find it in like single parent homes as well. There's going to be some imbalance because there's no, there's no one to bounce energy off of. There's no one to, you know, play that polarity game with. You can maybe build that in the family, you know, as far as like aunts, uncles, of course. But the, the biggest problem is like there is a leadership dynamic that's off. And when a woman doesn't have that proper leader, there, there's no sense of stability in the relationship. And even though she may not, like I <laughs> talk to, you know, thousands of women, you know, um, through forums, et cetera, leadership. To, when a woman hears leadership, she may not she may not think of it in the spiritual context. She's thinking of it like I don't want someone over me because it's like the backdrop of feminism, right? It's like you are not inferior, but being a leader on a hierarchy doesn't make someone superior. It just makes them in charge of certain things, right? Like if I 
you know, someone worked at the bank. Not owning the bank doesn't mean you're inferior to someone. It just means you don't own the bank. It's not a feeling thing. It's a very logical framework thing. The captain of the basketball team is the captain. He's not superior as a person. Maybe he's superior in talent on the team, but he's not superior as a person. The same way a man may be very, very competent in a, a myriad of things and more so than the woman doesn't make him superior. It just makes him in a different position. So when we remove that like fear of hierarchy that we often have, because again, we're all kind of living vicariously in flow without aim. We don't see the possibility of like, hey, we're all just striving. You know, they call it the human race. Everyone's mm. running their race. And when you get distracted, you start running in circles and you, you start going crazy. And the people who start running further ahead, they seem like they're cheating. Like, hey, but they're not dealing with stuff I'm dealing with right here. It's like, of course they're not because they're, they're running the race. You can't fight it and run it at the same time. And a lot of things we have consciously on the planet are stuck in trauma because we're fighting it. Mm. Yeah. We're fighting it. Beautiful. So what might someone expect when they heal the feminine relationships? What does that... Take me, paint me a picture of what a dynamic would look like between a man who's in his masculine and a woman who's in his, her feminine and they're working together in a divine union. What does that look like? Yeah, there's a few archetypes for it, but ultimately it just means as, as the man in the relationship, you are the leader, you are the person who is taking charge, intention, you have you know, certain things that you are, you are kind of deemed responsible for because you're the security, you're the stability, you're the, the battleship. Mm-hmm. And the woman can not only give counsel, advice, et cetera, but she's going to trust you more often than not with the plan. You put together the plan, she's like, okay, I trust you. Makes sense to me. Let's go. And now you're working in tandem on this plan. So that's why it requires that feminine balance of potential and understanding what's not here while also having all the other spiritual discernment needed to draw in the masculine energy. And the man has to have a plan to where he can find the the, the counsel and the spiritual guidance, the um, muse energy, et cetera, to get inspired to continue building and moving forward. So that union just looks like whatever the goal of the partnership is, that you're moving forward towards that is just that so happens that now that we do the same thing just in the inverse. We don't have a purpose. So we are purposely moving towards nothing. Mm-hmm. We're both succeeding. Like each group is succeeding at what they're here to do. The groups that are doing nothing, they're they're optimized for nothing. Mm-hmm. Everything's casual. Sex is casual. The arrangement is casual. The lifestyle is casual. The, the goals, there's nothing. Everything is just whatever. So you just get whatever. And the people who are very, very intentional about this is the life I'm here to live, that's the life they live because you you can't help but live that when you have the intention. Yes. Awesome. Well, Jay Malik, now it's time to get into rapid fire round. All right. So the goal is to answer these in under a minute. And I've got a few few here. So few to get through so do your best with that obviously these topics are, ha- are hard but um yeah do your best to do it under a minute and uh we'll go from there so first question what are your thoughts on men going 50 50 financially bad idea Prop shouldn't do it just that's a 50 50 is going to lead to imbalance almost every time mm-hmm. beautiful why do you advocate for men to avoid sex until they have material abundance and purpose? Because if you don't have material abundance and purpose, sex is a distraction for your acquiring those things. You won't get the abundance chasing gratification through sex. What's the best piece of advice you have ever received? Ah, 
best piece of advice. That's tough. The best piece of advice I've probably ever been given is learn. Hmm. That's tough. It will be it will be between like loving yourself and learning how to feel good without having to do something external, like learning how to really like feel good, just being yourself, being confident in yourself. Oh, I like this one. You mentioned in your book, as long as you are on earth, a man should act and live as if we are either in or headed towards hard times. Why do you say this? That is the purpose for the man in creating security and stability. You have to be prepared for instability and insecurity. If you're not, you know, if you never prepare for someone to break in your home, you're not really sure if it's secure or not because you may think it's secure until you're faced with a threat on the outside. So men have to be prepared for threats in all aspects, spiritual, financial, uh, emotional, mental, physical, etc. Love that. What is love? Love is everything. It is infinite. It's ever flowing. It's the closest thing we can, we can get to understanding God is through love. What is the problem with instant gratification? Instant gratification delays long-term results. <laughs> what is the most courageous thing you have ever done? Mm, courageous thing I've ever done. That's an interesting question. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Jumped in a pool without knowing how to swim. <laughs> that might just be stupid. I don't know. <laughs> what are some practical tips for men to become more masculine? Start going to bed earlier. Wake up somewhere between 4 and 6 a.m. Do something difficult in the first day. Part of your day, first hour. Um, read every day. You move forward. Cool. Now, women who want to connect more with their femininity. Learn to let go of control. You want to get into your feminine energy. You want to have a deep spiritual connection. Um, prayer, meditation, yoga, some sort of, you know, technology like that. Um, I will spend a lot of time in nature probably try to reconnect with like animals, like nutrition, all those things are going to be super, super huge for just like understanding creation. And also means like the body, like the, the woman is the creative vessel for the physical beings to, to become here. So that body has to know how to be maintained in a different way. So that really like helps them ground into like their hormonal cycle and how they operate. Damages and implications of a man who cannot control his sexuality. Uh, I mean, the damages could be creating a family that is has to do with the incompetent father. That's so that's like extremely damaging. That that goes on for generations. Like you become the curse of the family. You become the thing they have to overcome. And no man should ever want his family to have to overcome his mistakes, his obstacles. Mm. And last one, what is your biggest concern about the world today? My biggest concern is that we want all the answers, but we don't go to God to find them. We think the answer is out there. We think the answer is some external thing that we're going to fix and be perfect when the answer is to surrender and let God make things clear. Biggest, biggest worry that we don't see God before this next thing that is coming happens. Mm. But it will likely, that is like going to happen, most likely. Mm. Beautiful. Well, I, I also have another little closing tradition on the podcast where I ask 
everyone this question. So, what is one practical step or action people could take to make themselves and society better as a whole? Meditate for a thousand hours. Meditate for a thousand hours. Wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big action, but I can imagine it would have a positive impact. You can yeah. get to a hundred in a year, just doing twenty minutes a day, roughly. Okay. A so, hundred. A hundred is big. A hundred changes. <laughs> Let's go to a hundred because a thousand is you know like. A lot of hours, but doing a hundred. Well, Jay Malik, uh, where can someone find more about your services, your offerings, and more about you? I'm on Instagram, YouTube at Jamalik Taught Me. Um, you can go to jamaliktaughtme.com. I have a free 12 week spiritual mentorship program, um, 100% free. You can donate if you like, but it's a free course that kind of dives deeper into things we talk about today um, from relationships spirituality, emotional health, mental health, um, goal setting, all those things are in that program. And you can find me there. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, I really appreciate you. It's, a, it's been an honor. And you've shared some great wisdom. And you're doing great things for the world. So yeah, keep doing it. And, and thank you. Appreciate it.